Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome back, listeners, to The Boiling Point. And for the first time ever, I've welcomed you, the listener, back to The Boiling Point, not Dave. So this is, it feels good doing that, actually, saying welcome back to The Boiling Point. We do have such a uh, such a pleasure, don't we, Dave, of being able to connect with so many different people in their ears. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege, really, as we... As we have our conversations with people that we admire and respect, knowing that there's other people driving the car right now or listening to us as they're running or working out or mowing the lawn, shoveling the snow, depending on where uh, you are and when you're listening to it, there are people listening to our podcast and we appreciate that. And we want to continue that. Um, and ways that you can do that is subscribing on iTunes, sharing, and also spread the word to your friends because you know we really do want to honor the guests that we have on. A lot of them are are startup entrepreneurs that have stories that deserve to be shared and pushed and promoted heavily, like our guest that's coming up uh, in a few seconds. Others are legends, like when we had Seth Godin on or Chris Hatfield. You know, these are really cool conversations that we're able to have, Dave. As you know, any any other uh, other uh, little comments to our listening audience uh, of gratitude before we pull our uh, guest on? No, I like the share. I like the share thing. Like share it, you know. And we, and you know, what's cool is when someone just reaches out to you and says, hey, I heard this and I thought that was cool or, you know, like just out of the blue and you go, okay, cool. You know, like so feedback is great, you know. Hey, interview this person. Hey, that was a dumb question. I had one guy um, said, you know, are, you guys, are, you guys, it's fun listening to you guys, but I'm, I don't want to hear about your jet ski anymore. I'd rather hit, listen to Did the they say that? Yeah, that's a true story. So we talk too much. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was probably me talking about one topic too much. So, so we're not going to do that today. I just did it, but uh, and I'm sure I'll hear from this person. Um, but I, 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 I bet you are excited knowing that our our guest has a uh, has a hockey background. Yeah, well, he, an aspiration to be an NHL hockey player. And I know a lot of Canadian kids, um, well, yourself included, Jill, just myself, not you, um, have similar aspirations. So um, we, Curtis Kennedy, welcome to the Bowling Point. Hi guys, thanks a lot for having me on. We're excited to have you on and 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 hear a little bit of your story. You got all this information and what we you. You know, anyone that's listened to our podcast would know that we we don't screw up the intro of our guests. We let them introduce themselves. So why don't you, we, we give you the honor of, of introducing yourself to our listeners. And and Vertiball as well, the company that you are developing. Vertiball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, half my life. So uh, my name is Curtis Kennedy. I'm 22 years old. I, I grew up uh, in the northern Toronto area and uh uh, when I was around seven years old, we came out here to New Brunswick for my dad's work and, uh, you know, lived in St. John for 14, 15 years, then came up to uh, Fredericton for university and been here ever since. And it was a really amazing opportunity to be in university and just be surrounded by so many incredible people. And I, I uh, eventually, through it all, I, I got really inspired by it and started my own company called Vertiball, which is this muscle care product that takes a different approach to targeting uh, sore muscles in your, your back and neck. So uh, it uses this modified industrial suction cup to clamp onto walls and other flat surfaces, and then you're able to snap in all these different uh, hmm. massage attachments 
so then you can lean up against it and super easily target uh, those hard to reach areas of your back. So you don't like so in other words, you don't have to try to contort yourself on the ground on the floor to try to get the you know the ball in the right place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I the reason I invented it because I was rolling around on a, a golf ball for as long as I can remember. I'd super sore back and, or super sore muscles in my back and neck and I just thought wouldn't it be great if this could stick on the wall so you could lean into it you could apply as much pressure as you wanted love it and uh you know the the thing is is the only way we do things is if they fit with their everyday lifestyle and uh getting down on the ground and rolling around on a ball four or five times a day isn't super ideal so I just wanted to make it more convenient for people so they had a easier easier way to go about uh approaching their pain it's interesting because my uh, <clears throat> my wife, uh, she's got a lacrosse ball for that very reason, you know, like and she's an athlete and I, I could totally see the power of the ball. But I fully also, also understand that not everybody can get onto the ground and roll around and try to get, the, you know, get the impact that they're looking for on their muscles. And like every great innovation, um, it comes from a need. So why don't you tell us a little bit of your story about how you got to a point of finding out that you needed to innovate and uh, invent this uh, this ball, if you will. Yeah, so uh, one day I was, I was at work putting in windows with industrial suction cups, and I was really blown away by how much force they could hold. It was, and it was just, it was incredible to me because the only suction cups I had seen prior to that were those little acrylic ones that you can put on glass and in your shower on, on perfectly smooth surfaces. So at lunchtime, I found myself uh, putting the, the suction cup on the wall and then rubbing my back against its handle. And it wouldn't stay on the wall for very long because uh, typical industrial suction cups are designed to mount onto perfectly smooth surfaces like a window. And they're, they're valued off their maximum load capability. So if an industrial suction cup can hold up a uh, hundred pounds and it's a, it's a, it's a really good suction cup. But uh, I thought to myself, what if there was a way to meet in the middle to create an industrial suction cup that had a medium load capability, but at the same time it could mount to slightly poor surfaces like your household wall that's painted. And uh, so I kind of, I went from there and de- developed the thing. I, I was in university at the time and uh, we, we had just got a makerspace with a whole bunch of 3d printers and uh, I kind of just went nuts with it and was, it actually ended up, the final version ended up being version 218. Uh, oh. So it was, it was quite the quite the long process of <laughs> developing. You things. did a lot of iteration. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a really incredible process and uh, we're, we're really happy with what we ended up with. It's a, it's a really great product. And was that like was was um and you have a really interesting backstory I'd like to get into in a second you know just in terms of growing up and the aspiration of being an NHL player starting to shift because of some some of those experiences you had I'd love to chat about that in a second, but before we go to that I'm just curious like so is the is the um, is you know Vertibol and and kind of the startup is it connected with uh, the University of New Brunswick and the work you're doing at school? Uh- not not connected to the University of New Brunswick, but I guess to my uh, educational background. I'm I'm in mechanical engineering, and uh, we were always designing uh, projects, different types of things. And I uh, I used what I learned there and the 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 CADing, which is like 3D modeling, creating uh, things on the computer. I used my skills from that to uh, kind of come up with my own little projects that uh, I I printed it off and tested, and and Vertibol was one of them. And, 
it's uh it's 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 my favorite one <laughs> that's neat to hear the application of education is always great and and we just we've met some oh, yeah. people that have um you know have come out of new uh umb um uh, you know with really creative ideas and and had support and that stuff but so that's that's cool so so you had this dream you were uh, of playing hockey or being an astronaut you know he says that you really love space <laughs> and um and yeah in fact you were at one point i guess you know training hard to to uh, play in the Q, which is the QMJHL, which is the junior hockey as a feeder to the NHL. Um, what what happened? What slowed that down for you? Yeah, so uh, when I was in uh, when I was a young boy, I I kind of had two things that I I wanted my career to be: it was an NHL hockey player or uh, an astronaut. And so uh, it, it it all kind of the astronaut thing stemmed from my grandfather, who was uh, a mechanical engineer who did really well in his career. He actually. Uh, had a really amazing invention of his own. He he worked for this company called Isotope way back when, and, that, and they were experimenting with radioactive isotopes and finding different applications for them. Wow. Uh, at, and at one point, the company got acquired, and he went to work for a paper mill in Quebec. And he actually, while he was there, uh, realized that they had no concrete way of regulating the thickness of paper being produced. So he used his knowledge that he gained from isotopes to come up with this process that uh, utilized these radioactive isotopes to actually monitor and regulate the thickness of paper. And it's a, it's a process that is still used all around the world today. So wow. it's uh, yeah. So uh, that's where I guess I get the inventive background. So uh, when I was a kid, he always had me uh, tinkering with things. And then on my own, I was playing around with small motors and making my little inventions. So in grade nine, it was like, dead set like I'll I'll do whatever it takes to then to go to the NHL I I wasn't good enough but uh, I knew that if I worked hard enough maybe I'd get there and uh, when I was in grade nine I was on top of the world uh, feeling invincible as any 14 year old kid does and I I had this big lump form in my shin from a from a hockey injury and I didn't know what it was and I didn't ever think anything of it but we got it taken out and it turns out it was a tumor then came to find out later that I had this extremely rare form of cancer called uh, bioplasmic dendritic cell neoplasm. I was like one of, I was like the 21st diagnosis in, in recent history. So uh, as a 14 year old kid hearing that, when you got all these dreams and aspirations, it, it was uh, quite impactful. So I, I started my, my four year journey of chemotherapy to try to uh, be rid of it. And uh, through that time, you know, while, while everyone else is at high school uh, partying up with their friends and you're sitting in a hospital bed with, uh, with chemo every day, it's, it's, it, it will have quite the impact on you, and it did. And I, uh, I, I sat there and thought a lot about what it is that I wanted in my life when I get out of this hospital bed. And uh, I knew that if I ever did get out, that I would want to make the absolute most of every day and make sure that whatever I was doing, I was really happy with it. Because um, my my brother always says, uh, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. And that's a really good way to go about it. Because, you know, coming from my perspective, after going through all that stuff, it's uh, become very clear to me that uh, every day is, is really important and spectacular. And it's, it's, uh, it's on us to make the best out of it. So that's kind of uh, a little bit of my background and what kind of, drove the passion uh, for me to do this. So when I was uh, coming out of grade 12, I, I finished, I, I finished uh, chemotherapy. 
January 4th of my grade 12 year. And then uh, I, I decided that the hockey dream was uh, probably not going to be a thing. So I, uh, I decided to go to university and follow in my grandfather's footsteps to study to become a mechanical engineer. And uh, when I got to university, uh, it was all the craziness of uh, being first year living in residence. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty wild. But during that time, I recognized that there was so much opportunity outside of the education because you're in a place surrounded by some of the smartest people that you'll ever have the chance of meeting. And they're all willing and ready to meet with you and talk with you and teach you things. And so I recognized that uh, in, in my first few months there. And I decided that when I get out of here, I want to have a business running. And so I kind of set off on this journey of thinking about what my business is going to be. I had a, I had a few uh, different attempts. I actually uh, came up with this oral hygiene product originally. And uh, <laughs> my, my first step was instead of going out and doing uh, customer validation or any of the important things that uh, most entrepreneurs focus on now. I, uh, I took six months to learn how to write provisional patents and I filed one. That's wow. It, that's definitely not, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the approach, but uh, it was kind of my, uh, my first step in the right direction. And then I, uh, I got introduced to the uh, PME program at the university of New Brunswick as technology management and entrepreneurship. And it, it's a five course diploma where they teach you all the, essentials of starting a business and and uh w- what it's all about and i i remember going to my first course it was called entrepreneurial finance i just knew right then and there that that was it and i was gonna take as many of these courses as i could learn as much as i could and just uh be really involved ask ask all the dumb questions and and uh try to learn as much as i could so i continued in my university studying mechanical engineering i've been uh developing vertiball for quite a long time while I've been studying and uh, now it's finally come to the point where we're, we're ready to bring it to market and uh, it's, it's, it's been quite the wild ride to this point but uh, I've, I've learned just so much it's, it's unbelievable and it's all because of the, the really awesome people that surround me. So. Oh, that's great and, and that's, uh, know, uh, we, we actually had uh, Deandra come uh, on to our podcast so we've interviewed him from uh, from TME at UMB so that's cool and also uh, before i yeah. forget um, with your astronaut interests we also had chris hatfield as a guest on this podcast so uh, i don't know how far back maybe episode 15 wow. or something so you'll have to just go to boilingpointpodcast.com and scroll through you'll find him um, wow one one of the questions that i wanted to ask is you've been through so many challenges and i've had the right uh, attitude to get through because you've got vision You've got a sense of purpose, uh, etc. Now, I know <laughs> because uh, I, I'm in the world of, of connected with startups and whatnot. I know how hellish that adventure is as well. How do you keep your focus and your Optim- positive op- optimism, optimism yeah. um, going through it when <laughs> there's so much? Part of my language, there's so much shittiness uh, surrounding that process sometimes, um, you know, especially in places like where we are. Like I, I know some friends who have had a real difficult time with the, the limited investor pool in Atlantic Canada, as an example, where there's different, you know, people who felt bullied or intimidated or, you know, you know, there's a bunch of different challenges. How, how do you get through that? And maybe you're not even experiencing that. Maybe it's been a smooth ride for you. Yeah, no, you were... Uh you're, you're totally right. Uh, from the outside, it could really seem like 
entrepreneurship is a glamorous path and that's the way to uh, happiness and riches. But the thing I always say is that through the process, there's, there's three bad days for every good day, but that good day is worth seven bad days or, or sorry that, yeah, that one good day is worth seven bad days. So it's really just having a clearly defined objective in your mind of what, what you want to achieve. And for me, Vertiball, the brand and, and the product isn't necessarily my big dream. And to keep going in it, you need to have a clearly defined dream because on the hard days, you got to, you got to love what you do. And so I think it's really, really important to have an objective of where you want to go. For me, it's uh, when I got to university, I, I really, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to start this clean, clean tech company. And then I want to get into doing all this other crazy tech stuff. But I recognized that I, I had sort of a knack for coming up with these uh, little uh, inventions. And so I knew that my dream was eventually to do uh, something bigger, uh, climate change and, and clean technology is, is, uh, is the big one. But it's, it's a step-by-step process. And if you look at the thing as a whole, if you look at the, the route to your dream as one, one big long thing, uh, it becomes really overwhelming. But if you, if you break it down into bite-sized chunks and you stay focused and, uh, you just, you, you just really love what you do. It's, uh, it's something that you, you can pull off and, and enjoy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, you're inspiring, man. We, we, we share, we share philosophies for sure. And, um, again, only cause I know that you're an astronaut nut. Um, Chris's philosophy <laughs> was really neat too, because we asked, actually, I think Dave might've asked the question about what was it like to be on the international space station and see the world, you know, and he had that macro experience that so few people have ever had. And that new sense of purpose and understanding and placement from that macro macro, uh, was really special for, for Chris Hadfield. Um, but we also talked about the fact that when you're up there, seeing Earth as this, this limited little globe, that you know discussions of climate change and environmental protection uh, is very near and dear to his heart because he was an astronaut, you know, and he's been able to have that perspective. Yeah. So it's kind of neat how that ties into your entrepreneurial journey uh, and your life journey as well, from macro down to the micro steps. So pretty, pretty neat, man. Yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, at the end of the day. The, the world will keep spinning uh, long after we're all gone. But wouldn't it be great if you could, uh, at the end of it all, know that you had some impactful or that you made some impactful change in some way, shape or form. So um, I think to me, uh, there's this quote that I heard is a long time ago. Uh, the meaning of life is to give life meaning. And uh, whatever way you do that, uh, it's it's different for everyone. But for me, it's uh, it's always been having this object, this massive objective of what I want to do, achieve in my life, and always wanting to um, make the world a better place. And I I kind of recognize that you can't do that all at once. So maybe take a, a segmented approach to it. And so my goal is to start a consumer product company that focuses on uh, improving people's health in my in my early twenties, and then. Uh, use what I learned from that, my, my network, and hopefully uh, retain earnings and uh, apply it to the, the next thing, which I, I hope to be clean tech. And my, uh, my roommate, actually, his, uh, his hero is Chris Hotfield, and he's starting a, uh, a company called Potential Motors that 
converts uh, combustion engine vehicles into electric cars. I read so, about him. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> That's wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. well, you, you tell him that I've got a Volkswagen, a 1977 uh, Volkswagen Westfalia Dream that I need to <laughs> purchase and then get him to convert. He will convert it for sure. <laughs> um, we, we're just we're coming up towards the end. I mean, we could carry this on because there's like a, there's a lot of awesome nuggets here, Curtis. Um, just for you, you know, having gone through the the journey of. Um, you know, having an idea and, and you know, and a, more than a, it sounds like a, multiple ideas, but, you know, t- have, taking Vertibol this far, what advice do you have for someone who, you know, feels like they've got a great invention on their hands and, and would like to to bring it to the marketplace? Um, yeah, it, w- it would be that you're going to have to work really, really, really hard. Um, super, super hard, like harder than you you ever could have imagined you'd have to work for something. That's definitely uh, the biggest one. And another big one is recognizing that you're going to have to get far outside of your comfort zone in a lot of ways, um, whether it's you realizing that you can you can get parts cheaper in China and, and contacting suppliers in China when they wake up at 9 p.m. our time and spending 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. communicating, or it's going out and presenting in front of government and trying to get money or investors those are things that are really foreign to a lot of people, and uh, what we have to realize is that you just have to you just have to start the process, and once you do, it just becomes easier and easier and easier, and almost like second nature at some point. So uh, I remember I used to be super intimidated by all those things when I when I used to wake up in the morning to, uh, at the start of it all, but but now it's I wake up and uh, it, it's kind of a part of me, and so. Uh, I guess my suggestion would be that if you if you do that first handful of things that you know need to be accomplished, you accomplish them, then you're going to know the next handful of things that you need to do right afterwards. And then it's going to keep snowballing. It's going to keep snowballing, getting easier and easier and easier. You're going to build your network and uh, you're, it's just going to become a part of who you are. So that that would definitely be uh, yeah the biggest suggestion I'd have for sure. Awesome. And as we wrap this up, we need people to know how to get hold of you, but most importantly, how to support you and your Kickstarter that's coming up. I've got inside information. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, uh, we're, we're launching an international Kickstarter campaign uh, at the, towards the end of November. Um, it's, we're going to offer the Vertiball product and an assortment of other things. And uh, it's kind of going to be the launch uh, business uh, to consumer. And you can contact me uh, by email if you guys share it after the show. And uh, if, you have, if you ever have any uh, manufacturing questions, sourcing questions, 3D printing questions, uh, plastic injection molding questions, I, I'm always uh, happy to help because uh, this, you know, this, this uh, community in New Brunswick of people sharing information and always always being in this uh, tight community of people who are always willing to help is, uh, is what got me to where I am right now. So uh, at any point in time, if there's someone that ever needs help from me, I'd be, uh, I'd be more than happy to get it for sure. Uh, paying it forward. Love it. Beautiful. And, and I'm, uh, you know, I think the entrepreneurial community will thank you for, for, for giving up the dream of NHL cause you got a lot more impactful stuff to do. And man, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your story. It's really inspiring and, pretty remarkable and um you know you, you, i think you know i could see some vcs being interested in contacting you with all the ideas you have and the other thing is 
maybe a TED Talk. Um, I can see lots of cool things, some cool workshops. I mean, man, you got a whole bunch going on there. You, a consultant, right? You can be a... <laughs> we got lots of ideas for you. Yeah, we got crazy ideas for you. So let's stay in touch, okay? Hey, great. Maybe keep yeah, us... Yeah, would, would you let us know how, how things go with the launch and, and keep us uh, up to speed best you can? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my my plan is that uh, it'll go so well that you won't be able to not see it. So <laughs> <laughs> nice work. All right. And if you want to send any of the, if you want to send any of the, you know, out to to podcasters just to test out to be to give testimonials, please, uh, you can, we'll we'll tell you how you can reach us because I would love to check this okay. out. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, Chris. Awesome. Thanks guys, so much, I, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. That was great. All right. All take right. care. Take care, man. Mm-hmm. See bye. Right. You too. Bye bye. That was great. I um, I'm just really inspired. You know, to, he's uh, got such a mature philosophy on life, and uh, you know, you hear it all the time. If you go through some sort of trauma and you get through it, uh, you know, so many people are inspired just to give her. You know, just to keep on, and that's what this guy's doing. And how do we how do we remind ourselves of that on a daily basis? You know, it's well, you it's know tough. What, I tell you what comes to mind as I listen to that, and I go, you know. I kind of my my sense of him is Curtis just in this conversation is he probably didn't need to go through that to to be you know really focused you know enterprising guy and uh, but some people do and um and you know it's neat I'm really appreciate him sharing a story but you know he's so much bigger than that part of his life you know but it certainly fueled something and and maybe we don't have to go through those things to to find inspiration, you know, and God love them for going through it. Cause I, it's got to change your perspective. Yeah. Like four years. Of yeah. Like yeah. Incredible. incredible. And it's, it's a, uh, it's an invention that I already understand the application of like, yeah. he's, he, that's oh, really, it, really it cool. Has so much outside of that, he's developed a suction cup that is super flexible and malleable. Like there's so many other applications you, for this. Like think of your industry. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. For the film industry, putting, you know, putting lights up, putting a whole, a whole bunch of things. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Curtis, you're listening to us right now. Um, talk to us; we got more ideas for you. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. Again, uh, please do subscribe and um, Boiling Point Podcast. BoilingPointPodcast.com, and put your email in there. And uh, we really appreciate your support, Dave. We'll see you next week, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. 
and thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.